How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 21. I traveled to the Barn Pottery Studio in Pocasset, Massachusetts, to speak with the extremely talented potter, Kim Sharon. You may hear some crickets in the background, but it was neither boring nor recorded at nighttime, so I don't know what that's all about. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm great. Nice to see you. All right. Um, <clears throat> do you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Kimberly Sheeran. I have the Bar and Pottery um, in Pocasset, Massachusetts. I've been here for almost 25 years, uh, making and teaching out of my studio here. And um, I work with my partner, Hollis Angley, as well. And he, he's been here about five years. Awesome. So... Um, You've been here 25 years. Where, where do you, where did you grow up? Where did you come from? I grew up in Rye, New Hampshire, um, and my dad was a golf pro. So as a kid, we went to Florida for the winters, and then would finish our school year in New Hampshire. Um, I started with clay at Portsmouth High School when I was 17. I just kind of fell in love with working with the wheel. Um, continued at Great Bay Pottery in Greenland, New Hampshire, a private studio, and then went on to UNH and. Um, study studio art and got a fellowship my senior year the Edwin and Mary Shire fellowship so I was able to have my own studio and kind of run the UNH studio and uh, after that we ended up uh, my ex-husband and I bought this space here uh, renovated it and uh, moved in right after I graduated so I've been making ever since I got out of college and teaching here yeah that's awesome (laughs) So you have children too, right? I do. I have an 18 and 20 year old. So I, you know, as my kids grew, I continued to work. But of course, there was an ebb and flow with that. Mm -hmm. So I slowed way down when they were little um, and then kind of picked back up as they grew and got older and had more freedom. So, yeah. Is uh, art a big part of their life? Because I know my dad was a musician and uh, we, my older brother was a musician. We, I just grew up with instruments in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was the the kind of focus in Tennessee. We, we weren't so focused on sports or mm-hmm. academics as much as, you know, it was all music. Yeah. So. so absolutely. I grew up with a lot of art in my life, uh, um, growing up with all kinds of artists, uh, woodworkers, mm. printmakers, um, quilters, needlepoint artists, painters. Um, so certainly my kids have... Um, kind of been introduced to lots of different kinds of art and um, they both approach art in a different way so my son's been checking out um, doing some sandblasting on glass so making patterns and kind of like figuring out using a sandblaster my daughter is more hands-on and doing um, painting collage prints also um, kind of incorporating word and image and um, she's actually starting at Leslie University for art therapy so art's kind Ooh. of a big part of her life. Very big part. <laughs> That's awesome. So the methods you use, we, we did a quick little tour. I've been here before, but we toured your shop really quick, your studio. And you have a roller in there. You you said you tend to use that more with your students because you prefer the wheel. How does the wheel work? Because everybody's seen the famous 
movie ghost <laughs> where, you know... We don't do a lot of ghosting at the barn pottery, <laughs> but um, we do do a lot of making. So the pottery wheel um, takes a lot of practice and, um, <laughs> and patience. So that's what I tell my students, uh, you know, when you're first starting... When, I, when I'm doing my demos, it looks really easy when I've do, been doing it, but I've been doing this for almost 30 years. Yeah. So what I tell them is that you're going to make a lot of mess ups. I mean, I've made thousands and thousands of mess ups probably in my you know, career as a maker. Um, but it's persistence that pays off with pottery. So I like, like to get them to kind of keep trying and trying. That's also why I like to do a little bit of hand building on the side. So you're always, I'm always aiming for success for my students. So if mm -hmm. you get frustrated at the wheel, you have an option to like do some hand building. Hand building comes a little bit more easy, easier success. Mm. So there's a balance of, um, you know, I want you to have fun when you come to my studio. I don't want you to yeah. be like completely stressed out. So uh you know i do a little bit of both but working on the wheel i love the challenge of it that's what kind of drew me to it is like i wanted to overcome you know being a maker and like being able to not make clunky weird heavy pots and yeah. keep refining keep refining i'm always i'm still learning i learn from my students i learn from trying different things i learn mostly from failing honestly mm -hmm. best way to kind of learn in my eye is to make mistakes learn from them grow from them move on that's what I tell the boys. I tell Lennon especially because he, he is uh, very empathetic and he's a very emotional kid. You mm -hmm. know him. I do. Um, so when he fails at something, he gets down. Yeah. And I said, but now you know. Now you understand that you failed at it and that's not the way to do it. Or that's the way to do it and you just have to try harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was weird. Sometimes the computer does strange things. <laughs> Pause it for a minute. And that might be my effect. I have a weird aura around computers. <laughs> it's interesting Things you said, happen. <laughs> it's interesting you said that because a while back, um, I introduced, introduced, I interviewed uh, a friend of ours. Her name's Jen Moore. Her business is Juniper Rising. She's a tarot reader. Okay. And we we did an interview. We did. I recorded her doing a session of a, a card reading mm -hmm. and the craziest things before before we started she said don't expect that to be you know perfect because you know, this might have a weird effect on the computer <laughs> and it did <laughs> i lost a whole i think it was like 12 minutes oh no i'm like and i didn't i didn't have any intention on publishing it so so much if unless it was like you know uh things i wanted to share and it was a card yeah. reading so it was kind of private yeah it was sort of private but i'm like well if it's nothing private comes up then i don't mind but the audio was totally different than what we're hearing hmm. it was very scratchy i lost a whole section in the middle and it was seamless it was like it never even happened there wasn't like a glitch like you listen that's weird. listening back it wasn't that's like there was a weird. pause at all there was just it went from one thing to another i'm like well what happened at like 11 minutes of of her talking Woo. yeah it was strange <laughs> it was very strange so we were talking about the wheel before we took a quick little break so you have online and um different descriptions of your of your work is you have pieces that are fu uh, functional mm -hmm. but in no way plain it's very true that they're not plain <laughs> in, in what yes. way are they functional uh i don't know if you want to just describe 
sure. the pieces you make? So, you know, functional art in my mind is art that you can use every day. So pottery kind of just fits the bill on that as far as being something that is useful, um, but it also can beautify your meals and also just beautify your life. So, and also just like being handling clay. Um, if you if you use clay at home now, then you kind of already know what it, that feels like. And if you don't, then I suggest that you maybe go check out your local pottery just to get maybe one piece, just a mug and just kind of feel it out because they do. It does make a difference whether you're drinking out of a, something that's handmade. I mean, I try to put a lot of love and um, I really want my pieces to feel special when they're used. So that's one of the reasons why I, I do a lot of that decorating. Um, when I first started, I started with Scraffito, which is layering a piece, uh, slip on the piece of clay and then carving through. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of my first love of decorating. Um, and from there, I moved on to making my own stamps, which kind of allow me to have a language of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you can buy stamps um, many different places, which are you know great and interesting, but... I really like to make everything my own, which is, of course, more time consuming, but it's just kind of Mm -hmm. the way that I like to um, operate. And then also I do a lot of slip trailing. So that's using an applicator to apply a layer of slip, which is another layer of clay. So then you get a kind of a high low. So Mm -hmm. with the stamps, you're kind of pressing in. With the slip, you're kind of adding a layer on the outside. So then you get a lot of depth with your pieces. And then, of course, there's the color element as far as using um, underglazes for like more brighter colors and then other glazes for um, getting the shine and kind of yeah. adding that glassy layer to the outside of pieces yeah i did uh i took every art and music class i could in westport high school oh nice and um one of them was a it was a, a making class with clay i don't remember what exactly they called it it wasn't clay class <laughs> um but i remember the glazes i think that was the coolest part of the class was just experimenting with the, the glazes and they look so different yeah after it's a, after it's after it's a it's, chemistry uh, uh yeah. a lesson for sure yeah, it was so cool. That was probably the art class I did the worst in. <laughs> <laughs> Made very pathetic things, but it was alright. I had fun, and that was that was all that mattered. Well, that that's another thing that you know kind of keeps me intrigued and loving clay is that there's always something new to try, and so glazes are one of those things that you can just keep exploring basically your whole career and finding mm-hmm. out how to you know using a little bit of this, using that, and then mixing them to what you're requirements are are and then the different kilns that you use will also affect those glazes in the atmosphere Mm -hmm. Hmm, i didn't know that that's cool (laughs) so speaking of kilns you have you have uh we have a gas kiln here okay Mm -hmm. so we fire to cone 10 um in reduction so that's 2350 degrees oh wow um and we off we typically fire twice in a wood kiln up in south dartmouth massachusetts um it's chris gustin's kiln um, that kiln we fire for typically six days with about 20 other artists and um, it's a huge group effort community effort we're really cool. pleased to be able to be a part of that and being on crew for that um, nice. situation it's it's a huge undertaking and it's going to be we're firing we actually start loading next thursday um, with the covid protocols <clears throat> we're kind of changing up the whole way that we do everything um, as far as that goes. So it's going to be interesting to kind of uh, see how that works, because typically there's about 20 of us who are working four hours, mm. I mean, four days um, 
packing, loading the kiln and whatever, but now we're going to kind of do it in shifts. So it's just yeah. going to be a little bit of a different feel, but yeah, you know, the show goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to make it happen whichever way you can. Yeah. My art teacher in high school was Jean Arthur. Okay. I don't know if you know her. I don't know that She's name. Huh? In the art community okay. <laughs> down there in Westport, Westport, Westport's right there next All to right. Darnold. Yes, so. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're heavily influenced also by like Islamic and Indian? I am. So in 2006, I went to India um, and I went with the Emancipation Network. Um, it's now had many different lives, but it's now called Her Future Coalition. Um, okay. The group that I went with, we were um, kind of just exploring shelters um, of people that had been trafficked. Human trafficking is a huge issue that I'm um, passionate about. So when I came home, from that trip, I decided that um, my work lent itself to being able to um, educate about, you know, some social justice issues and human trafficking was kind of the first one that I tackled. Yeah. Um, and I still I still like to educate. So I started to use my, you know, the outside of my pots as a canvas to um, educate about this horrific issue. Uh, and what I kind of like to do is lure lure my viewers in with all of the decoration mm -hmm. and kind of the intrigue of what's going on with this piece. And then I'll have, you know, different words or symbols or different things that when you get closer, you kind of read and you have the full impact of what these pieces are about. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've. I don't want to say it's a victory, but I've had people come into my studio and see these really powerful pieces and leave the studio crying. And in my mind, you know, it's like a hard, that's a hard thing to, for, to see, but it's yeah. actually the impact that I want because these issues are hugely important. Um, there are just so many people that don't, don't understand that slavery is alive. It's in many different forms. It's not yeah. just sexual slavery. It's, you know, in the workforce yeah. um, it, and it's worldwide. Um, so my, uh, more, more recent social justice pieces are actually just in a new show at the Highfield Hall in Falmouth. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm part of a show called Ancestry and Legacy. And the pieces that are, um, in that show are some of the human trafficking work from older times. But, uh, one of my pieces that I'm most proud of is called Proud to be an American with a question mark. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of the Me Too movement signage and all many many women's faces um saying me too me too because guess what i'm proud to be an american but i'm not so proud to be an american under this president yeah. and um and what he's doing to our country so i want people to kind of think about that and um, i have uh, several black lives matter pieces in that show as well mm -hmm. another huge important is issue that yeah you know, um, we're we're really lucky to be up here in New England and these, you know, as a white woman, I fear I fear for our black community. You know, yeah. I worry that people are are getting so in, incensed. And um, I just want people to know that we've got your back and that, you know, there's a, there's yeah. a community that wants to stand up and fight for everyone's rights, for equal rights yep. for everyone, everybody, race, creed, sexual identity, you know, it's huh. really, really important to me. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to stay away from politics 
um, on the show anyway. No, <laughs> but too, too late. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but like the like speaking to the Black Lives Matter thing is, I, I I've seen otherwise intelligent people say, "Oh, but all lives matter," and I just I try to explain to them that that's not the point. Like you're you're missing what they're saying. They're Absolutely. not saying that your life doesn't matter. They're they're saying that theirs are in trouble. Exactly. And I've been you know, you try to convey that to people that don't get it. They sometimes they just still don't get it. But people it, want to hear hard. people hear what they want to hear sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. So. Yeah, I know people that are very um they're, they're just very against it and it's like you don't understand why you're against it. You don't even understand what they stand for. Oh, they're out there rioting. You know, I don't know if those people are the ones that are <laughs> fully involved. I, I think those are the people that are taking advantage of. You always have what the extremists on, yeah. on either side of you know any issue almost, yeah. and and sometimes those extremist types will bring down, you know, make it harder for other people yeah. to realize the true effect of what's. Yeah. Trying they're, to be they're making happen. it counterproductive. Exactly, <laughs> that's the word counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. No, so I don't speak out a lot on it but you know those close to me know <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> when when you're teaching do you teach a more intuitive way of making or do you teach more of a formal way where you want your students to maybe draw things out or have uh, like a concrete plan so i do suggest that my students have notebooks um, especially my adult students uh, and when they're glazing. However, that doesn't usually <laughs> doesn't usually happen. I kind of I do have a notebook and I do draw ideas or I, I will say I'm you know I'll make a list of things that I need or want to make or have custom orders. So when I go into a production cycle, I will you know, if I have an order for six mugs, then I might make 20 mugs. Mm -hmm. um, I like to work in small series. I've just kind of found that's the best way for me to work so I don't, A, get bored, yeah. <laughs> and also don't tax my body too much. So I'll do like a making session on Monday, and then Tuesday I'll do my trimming, and then Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday will be my decorating. The decorating kind of takes the most amount of mm -hmm. time for me. Um, when I'm teaching, I kind of... Um, I started teaching at Bridgie Montessori many years ago. I don't teach there now, but from, from teaching there, I just learned to really follow the student. So in my classes, I might have many different levels. I basically will do a demo and everyone will kind of watch the demo. And then I will kind of gear my lessons towards who needs what, when. So some people might be glazing, some people might be doing some decorating or wanting to try some different things with that. So I follow the student. I mean, it's here for, I'm here, you know, to teach for fun. So it's not like I have a, you know, a regimen of what I do, but I do, I mean, I certainly have um, just a way of teaching and this, you know, I use the same words and like, you know, yeah. when I hear myself teaching, I'm like, oh, you're on that recording again. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. It just kind of comes out. Um, so in that respect, I kind of do teach the same way, but I also am very loose and I'm kind of a go with the flow type of teacher. Yeah. Perfect. That's cool. <laughs> do you, um, so do you normally do craft shows and craft fairs and that kind of thing? Um, if it weren't 2020 <laughs> like in the past or, or so, are you more of a, uh, yeah, display? we have, um, kind of 
we've done many. Sh I mean, Hollis and I both have come to you know shows in a different way. Um, we've actually stopped doing some of the shows that we used to do just because it's a lot of. Um, what we found is that the, the sales just started to kind of go down as far as people just kind of being there to kind of be, we call them tire kickers, just kind of mm -hmm. looking and not buying. Yeah. And it's a lot of work to lug a heavy pottery, sit there all day with a smile on your face when you're, you know, you're not selling, yeah. um, but you know, it's, it's okay in the morning and you're good morning, but you know, at the end of the day, you're sweating, you're. You yeah. know, it's been a long day and you're not selling anything. You're sticky and hot and covered yep. with, you know, dirt from the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from everybody walking by. Um, I, when, when, when we did shows, I always used to bring work just so I could be feel like I'm doing something as I'm sitting there. I'm kind of a... I'm a busy person, so I like to be doing, doing, doing. Yep, um, me too. <laughs> so we've been doing less of those kinds of craft shows and more, you know, art shows and also more events here trying to get people to come to the barn pottery. Um, our shed is full of, of work and we're always making. So um, we have beautiful gardens. So that's been, you know, I just, I tried to lure people here with it. You, when you come to see our space, it's not just our work. You're kind of coming to see the pottery life experience. Um, yeah. Cause it's not, it's not just, um, it's not just my job. It's my lifestyle. I'm a potter. I check yeah. on my pots in the morning before I have coffee. You know, I tuck them in at night. You know, I cover them with plastic. I'm constantly yeah. checking on my students' pots, moving them along, lighting kilns at six in the morning. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's what we do. It's who we are. So... Yeah, and you get that vibe when you hear. It's, it's no, <laughs> Welcome to Kimberland. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, uh, there's no question about it. Yeah. No, it is. You, you get a very very good vibe and a very it's a very comfortable space oh thank you I've everything really about hard. it I, I've I can tell and I think everybody else can tell too I've, this is you know I've been here to pick up Lennon from class and been here a couple of times and uh you're just comfortable here you kind of don't want to leave <laughs> <laughs> want to like uh you know pour yourself a tea and wander yeah. around a little bit that's that's the feeling you get here. Oh, that's good. It's very reflective. <laughs> I like that. So you have, uh, you said in Falmouth, where was it? What's it called? Highfield Hall. Highfield Hall. Mm -hmm. um, is there anywhere else that you have work displayed? Um, I have a work at a show, a faculty show at the Falmouth Art Center. Okay. Where I also teach, and I'm also teaching at Katuit Center for the Arts as well. So cool. that um, class just kicked up this week, so... Everyone's social distancing work, you know, everyone has their own little stations and their workspace and their own tools to use. So that was great. I had an adult class and a teen wheel class. And I'm just finding these kids are so needy for stimulation other mm -hmm. than just being home. And, you know, now with online learning, it's just going to be it's kind of a drag for these kids. So, you know. I believe my daughter's going into the right field with the art therapy because I can yeah. see how much the art is important. I mean, I knew it already, but just like seeing it with the kids that have been coming over the summer, it's like, yeah, they're so thankful and uh, <laughs> yeah. to be doing something creative. Yeah. Well, they lost the whole second half of the school year pretty much. I know. I know. It's pretty, pretty tough for those kids. Uh, tough life they have. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it like working with Hollis? So your partner Hollis and you... You you live here and you 
yeah, you we pot together. <laughs> we make pots what is together. what is the correct <laughs> word? You make pots we together. We throw. Well, it's called oh. throwing on the wheel. Oh, okay. So we cool. throw together. But couple who throws together stays together. There you go. <laughs> what is it like um, uh, being in a relationship with somebody that just you well, have uh, a constant connection with as well? Yeah. So we really work well together. Um, we kind of just ebb and flow. He. Um, we just kind of, we come to clay at different places in our lives and we work very differently. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we kind of each have our studio time and, you know, he's been working a lot on the kick wheel outside as I'm teaching inside. It's just easy. That's what I would say. You know, my previous relationship wasn't as easy. Mm-hmm. We just kind of ebb and flow. We just kind of know what each other kind of needs studio space wise. And, um, you know, we share each other's glazes, we mix, you know, we sometimes make work together and collaborate, but for the most part, we're kind of just making our own work and kind of, it just flows. He, you know, he'll be in the studio doing his thing and I'll be doing my, you know, my work. It, it just kind of works. It just works. It's (laughs) easy. That's good. It's easy. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that's the best answer you could have given. (laughs) What's a kick wheel? Is that like a manual? The kick wheel is manpower. So there's, okay. You know, there's, we have, I don't know, 10 uh, electric wheels and then the two kick wheels outside. So you just use your foot to kind of get it going. Right. And then as you're working, it will slow down. So then you have to kick it again. So yeah. it's a lot more physical labor. Yeah. That sounds fun. It is fun. <laughs> I want to give that a try. Yeah. If you could give uh, advice to anybody starting off, which I'm sure you already do, give, <laughs> give advice. Um, what would it be somebody that, you know, wants to make this their life? Not just, I want to make a couple of mugs and pieces. I want this to be my life. What, what would you advice would you give them? Well, first of all, you got to be able to have a huge work drive. You got to be able to accept a lot of failure. And I would suggest, I mean, this is something that I didn't do that I wish that I had done because I had to learn a lot along the way go to business school Mm. (laughs) (laughs) because it's not just about making the art. It's about selling the art um, and, you know, marketing, um, so many different things. And, uh, you know, some of those things I struggle with, you know, as an artist. Um, So I think that I think that when you line yourself up for art school then you should also be getting a dual yeah (laughs) at least take some business classes but i think a business degree alongside an art degree is kind of should go hand in hand i think Mm. you know at this point it's just it would have been so much better for me to kind of like go that route um and i think obviously you know work with a bunch of different teachers try different techniques work on finding your your passion and your um that's i mean i'm still trying you know working on just making my pieces my own now i think i've kind of i think i've done it at this point that you know people kind of recognize my work as being something that's different from what a lot of other people do and that's kind of my goal yeah so what do you have any plans um past covid you are you planning on changing anything as far as the studio and the teaching um or is everything well i mean i would really like to be able to not have to wear a mask while teaching yeah (laughs) you know i i would like to be able to you know have you know not be as spread out be able to have my classes kind of more at full capacity as 
you know, I'm kind of keeping everyone till six. Mm -hmm. um, I do have space for more. So I'd like to kind of get back to that because, you know, this is my livelihood. So I'm kind of taking a little bit of a cut on that. But um, other than that, I'll probably just keep with the cleaning implements that I've kind of started just like bleaching the tools after and you know yeah. just kind of doing some of those things because you know germs are germs even if it's not covid i mean it's not you know yeah. you don't know where people then what they're doing touching yeah. whatever their kid i got kids in here mm -hmm. you know it's like they're filthy animals so it's like <laughs> <laughs> they touch everything gotta, <laughs> they're touching everything so i think i'll just kind of keep those kind of little protocols together it's not that hard it's yeah. a little bit a bit of a pain but not too bad and um other than that i don't know we're just we just make and, and, you know, keep plugging along. So we have this wood firing that's coming up in September and another one following in November. Typically, we do them further apart, but we didn't do our June firing. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to do two back to back. Um, so that's a huge amount of work. So usually I, I typically make for two months to kind of fill that kiln. Yeah. Our lot in that kiln is a pallet worth of work. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. We're going to just keep, <laughs> keep plugging along and hopefully have enough pots to, to fill it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like a lot of the protocol is stuff we should have been doing anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... Not as clean as we could be. No, no. I mean, too much hand sanitizer will kind of strip your body of... Immunity. Uh, yeah, immunity. essential immunity you kind of need. But like you said, little kid, they're kids are just filthy animals we, we we i you know i bring the boys to home depot with me and uh you know simon's walking down the aisles touching every single oh, thing he could it's like stop touching everything stop <laughs> and it's like then you feel obligated to do a, a, a shot of spray on the hand of some kind of hand sanitizer yeah. or something because it's just they don't they don't stop but yeah i think a lot of the stuff it's not that much of an inconvenience that's another thing i think is funny when seems to be the same people that don't get the Black Lives Matter mm. are the same people that think they're being oppressed. <laughs> and, um, instead of being safe? <laughs> yeah, instead of being safe or being cautious, mm. they believe they're being oppressed. And that, to me, is mind-blowing that you have to wear a mask in a store. You're not being oppressed. You've, you've gone to India and what you said earlier about slavery and all the things you've seen. You've seen actual oppression with people Seriously, have yes. no control and no no way out. These people, oh, wow, I'm oppressed. They put a mask on. And speaking of masks. It's white privilege. That's called white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that completely. Um, I've noticed you have Frida on your mask. Yes. Frida is one of my hero, hero, heroines, I would say. Um, yep. Uh, my friend Anastasia made this for me from Tuk cool. Kokushka. Um, she's selling oh, masks yeah. for seven dollars at her place of business in Katamit, nice. and uh, she's a great friend. I have a whole collection of her masks because I figured if I gotta wear them, they gotta be funky and fun, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, just match my outfits. <laughs> yeah, Melanie is a big fan of Frida. We have some Frida stuff in the house. Yeah, did you see my Frida wall in the studio? I have a whole like shrine. I don't know. Area. I'll have to look at that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a whole shrine. Nice. Uh, yeah, and I think. I, we know her somehow. I think Lennon might have modeled for her when he was a baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think he did a shoot. <laughs> wow. He was a very adorable, cute baby. And he always had, well, he even still always has a smile on his face. So if somebody wants to purchase your work, 
you have the shed, you have the barn here. Yep, that's kind of the best way. Um, we often um, post also on Instagram. Um, I do as Kimberly Sheeran, and um, Hollis does as SheKnowPots47. And then on Facebook as well, I do a lot of posting um, on the barn pottery. And um, yeah, mainly we sell out of our shed gallery. Um, we do custom orders, and we do have um, the barn pottery dot com as well and we have some work on there but mm -hmm. i'm not really <laughs> a big computer person so <laughs> kind of old school <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that so if somebody wants to contact you what's the best way to contact you should they call the barn or should they um email is usually Facebook? the best okay. i think um so it's the barn pottery at gmail.com um and certainly we take phone calls of course too yeah. but um and we're open basically from dawn to dusk um, every day. We just open the shed and it's it's open kind of whether we're here or not. So mm -hmm. um, we do keep an eye on it, of course, yeah. um, and have <laughs> their people in and out all the time. So yeah. we're, we're around, but we're typically working in the studio. So people are welcome to come check us out as we're, you know, working or whatever. Yeah. And of course, there's also lots of gardens to check out as well as the fairy houses. So that was one yeah. of the COVID covid uh kind of uh things that i started working on in march was just to kind of get out of the house and get out mm -hmm. of my head i started doing these stone fairy houses yeah. with um, stone and mortar and then uh, found objects um so i've made several on the property here and then i just did a permanent installation at highfield hall as well outside cool. under the um, beech tree near the xylophones nice that's awesome <laughs> So um, what is the class schedule like? So, so if somebody wanted to take a class. I teach um, uh, year-round on Monday and Tuesday nights from 6 to 9. So I do four-week sessions. And um, oftentimes people will kind of renew after that four weeks if they kind of like it and get hooked. Um, and then I do kids' workshops in the summertime. Those are typically a Monday through th Thursday program um, in the afternoons, either from two to five or one to four. Because of COVID, I'm doing some after school programming on Tuesdays and Thursdays from four to five thirty for kids. So, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm teaching also at Falmouth Art Center. I do um, some disability classes, which I'm hoping that we'll start to resume again once things mm -hmm. calm down a little bit and then the teen wheel and an adult class over at Katu at center for the arts so it takes a lot to, to be an <laughs> yeah. artist and to kind of keep things going but good thing my dad taught me to be a hard worker so yeah. i just keep keep plugging along that's awesome yeah yeah you're very very busy <laughs> yes we are thank you very much for letting me park the bus here and you're welcome letting, you're welcome it's been a pleasure talk to you for a little while <laughs> I hope to do one of your classes one day oh, if I ever have time. That'd be great. <laughs> get you in here. Thank you so much. Isn't Kim great? Uh, she was a very welcoming host. She made me feel very comfortable there. I hope she was uh, comfortable in the bus. Seemed to work out pretty well. I have to mention the Ancestry Plus Legacy show that is currently going on is going on now until November 31st. It is at Highfield Hall in Falmouth. It's curated by John Moore. 
She works so hard as a, uh, a teacher and a creator at the Barn Pottery. Uh, they're open seven days a week. They're located at 359 Barlow's Landing Road in Pocasset, Massachusetts. Uh, their website is www.the-barn-pottery.com. Uh, you can check out her Instagram is Kimberly Sharon. That's S-H-E-E-R-I-N. And the Barn Pottery is also on Facebook. Their phone number is 508-390-3988. Once again, I'd like to thank Kim very much for letting me park the bus there for a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out uh, my Facebook. Uh, go to the Facebook group for the Hot People Podcast. Join the group. Leave comments. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Odd People Podcast. Any questions or concerns, you can email me at oddpeoplepod at gmail.com. Stay inspired, stay happy, and as always, stay odd.